Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Dre from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. If I were a rich man, for some reason is in my head, and uh, I'm not a rich man, that's why I'm podcasting. And welcome everyone to the new Geek Apocalypse of 2019, well I say new, where essentially it's like a lot of years that go on, is that really it's the same podcast, just one year older. And we've all went old, because that's how calendars work. Um, but I hope you've had a very good festive season, um, and that false start as usual is the indication that this is the new episode of the Geek Podcast Podcast. I'm Stephen Hesswood slash Hesse, and I hope you've had a really good um, Christmas period and didn't get too wasteful and fell off, a tr- fell off, and hit, you know nearly got hit by a train because I saw this horrible video, which I hope. Um, some people saw it was a deterrent to um, get people to look after each other when they're drunk over the holiday season, um, where a person falls off a platform and manages to stumble back on the platform as literally about five seconds later a train goes zooming past really fast, obviously, which would have killed him, I imagine, if um, he didn't realise what had happened. So I hope everyone was well behaved over the festive season and also um, that people are enjoying dry in January because I know one of my friends is painfully trying to get through that. Um, so I hope everyone's sticking to their New Year's resolutions, as a, um, which we talked about actually on our last episode of Mentally Sound, so do check that out. Um, but anyway, this episode for the first edition of um, 2019 is with Steve Pledger. Um, he was actually a guest on Mentally Sound um, on the first edition, I, I believe it was the first show of December, and he was only a musical guest because he was there with other um, people talking about a creative project, so all he did was play a really, rather wonderful song, and when he really talked to him for a couple of minutes which I thought was incredibly rude because we don't have time on that radio show it's much more structured so I asked him to come on Geek Apocalypse which he was more than happy to do and I really enjoyed it and um, we talked obviously about being an acoustic performer being a, music, a musician um, and also about um, writing songs because me and him have both went through that painstaking uh, process of writing terrible songs and learning the ropes and so we have a giggle about that um, we also talk about um, some ridiculous songs of the modern era um, that solo song that um, uh, which I forget the name of um, Clean Bandit I think is the name of the band where you know it sounds like she's saying quack quack in the chorus which makes me and my partner giggle every time we hear it it's not quack quack if you read the lyrics I actually read the lyrics out on this podcast which is hilarious um, so yeah we really had fun doing that we talked about gigging and how nervous people can get um, um, and a whole variety of subjects but obviously it's focused on you know being a musician and um, and uh, genres I know we talked about as well so it was really fun and a huge thank you to Stephen well, I want you to check out stevepledger.co.uk where you can get all his albums and we play a song called um, Matches in the Wind which is from his album Striking Matches in the Wind uh, which is a fantastic album that he lent me um, so check out his stuff um, the next episode I believe is with a guy called Tom Ross who is the CEO of Design Cuts which make um, designer stuff for Photoshop which I'm excited to talk to him next week um, so yeah really good uh, start to the year for us at Geek Apocalypse so I hope you enjoy this episode this is Steve Pledger um, and enjoy this episode. Fun times. Thank you. 
podcast so if you feel the need to swear or anything you're like um it's not like um mentally sound you can say what you want gotcha gotcha um within reason obviously no oh, like well, no like yeah. racist slayers or anything and i have to apologize for that <laughs> yeah that would be nice <laughs> right cool um okay so uh steve it's a real pleasure to have you on geek apocalypse it's good to be here. Thanks, bro. And, uh, yeah, it's really nice to actually get the opportunity to sit down and talk to you, being that um, uh, I don't know whether I mentioned this when I saw you uh, at the other show that I do, but um, uh, being such a into music, and I actually play a little, a bit, a little bit of guitar myself. Yes, um, I remember you saying, yeah. Yeah, so it's really nice to actually sit down and have an old chin wag, as I say. And uh, <laughs> Even though UK, uh, anyone not from the UK who listens to this, that just means like a, a, a chat, essentially. <laughs> um, because uh, people do ask me that every now and again. So, yeah. Fair, um, fair question. So, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, I thought it would be interesting. So, uh, yeah, um, as I'm sure I'll mention in the introduction, uh, Steve was on the other show that we did. But we never really got the opportunity to kind of talk to him. Uh, in 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 a in a great detail, but he played a really really good song, and I guess the 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 context that uh, if I remember correctly, that was not from the album you gave me. Is that right? Um, I I'm not sure it was actually. No, I mean it, it's on an album called yeah. uh, Somewhere Between, and the song was called um, Me and the Silence. Yes. So yeah, it's off Somewhere Between. I think I might have given you a different album. Yeah, actually. you gave me um, Striking yeah, Matches. Um, Striking Matches in the Wind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the previous. Which I have in front, which I have in front of me, which I'll be referencing um, as okay. we talk. So, um, but yeah, so um, it was really, um, really enjoyable. Um, I mean, one of the one of the things that we are re- we really are pleased to have, obviously, like you know, people do actually performances on that show, and it was uh, really mm-hmm. good to hear you sing and whatnot. And I guess the That's interest, true. the interesting thing from my point of view, I mean, well, well this will be wide ranging, but I guess to start with, because I know we touched on this a little bit, because we did talk to you for a couple of minutes before you played. It's just um, when your sort of um, like early influences started in terms of, uh, I guess I'm saying, because I always know my answer to this in relation to why I picked up a guitar, but what what was sort of your story in terms of um, picking up a guitar and wanting to play in the first place? I think the, the first ever reason I wanted to pick up a guitar was, was Elvis Presley. All right. was, it was funny, I, I just started, I hadn't been able to watch the whole thing in one hit yet, but I, I started to watch the uh, Springsteen on Broadway, mm. uh, Netflix. Especially I wanted to watch that. Uh, I'm a huge yeah, Springsteen fan. I mean, from what I've oh, this is in every sense the boss. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah it, it, I'm really, really looking forward to sort of being able to sit down and properly uh, engage with it and enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, he, he says exactly the same thing. Actually, he was a good deal younger than I was when <laughs> I uh, at the time. Anyway, but um, yeah, I mean, it, when Elvis first, you know, came onto the scene in '55, '56, mm-hmm. Bruce, it was it was that image as much as anything. You know, this this guy with a guitar and, and sort of what that represented um, mm-hmm. and obviously the songs that came along with it. So it, 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 as much as I, I like the sound of the guitar and all the rest of it, there was something about that, um, that sort of the aesthetic of it. I mean, I, I was very, very young at this point, sort of five or six years old, I guess. But okay. So I think it was about seven or eight when I had my first couple of lessons at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it yeah. essentially, so did you like see a particular concert of Elvis's or something or was it basically like the the, the charisma that he had because I mean anyone yeah. who doesn't really particularly like Elvis I think you can't sure. deny had had um, like unbelievable charisma um, yeah so was yeah. it was it was it that essence or a particular gig he did or something like that no, no I, I think I mean my dad uh, certainly when I was a kid at least was certainly sort of into Elvis and Elvis was was still around at that point so whether I was watching something contemporary you know sort of uh, the Vegas era shows as it would have been um, or something, but I just 
certainly remember seeing footage, and it was just such a um, a powerful sort of powerful image, I think. Um, and at the same time, I was hearing uh, John Denver stuff like that. My oh yeah, parents would would play a bit of John. So so I'm hearing I'm hearing that that sort of more pastoral acoustic. Uh, sound as well as seeing this quite sort of vital <laughs> image of of this guy with a guitar as well because you know no disrespect to to, uh, to the king but you know he wasn't especially known for his guitar playing more his guitar singing yeah um, but 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 I think that that sort of combination of of hearing um, those beautifully crafted uh, you know sort of American folk songs if you like um, yeah uh, that John Denver was was playing and writing combined mm-hmm. with this you know pretty powerful image. I think the guitar held a certain appeal, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. So when did you? Uh, so when did you first like pick up a guitar and start playing? Yeah, like I said, I think I was about eight years old. Had mm-hmm. a few a few guitar lessons. I'm um, just sort of at lunch break at my um, uh, junior school. Was it? Oh, was right. in, in, in fact, not long ago, uh, my mum happened to mention to me she bumped into my uh, teacher who taught the guitar. All right. <laughs> um, just very recently in the street, and so of course my teacher said, "Oh, you know, what's what's Steve doing now?" And um, she was able to tell her, well, actually, he's, um, he's concentrating on his music now. It's kind of what he's doing. So I think it was nice for her just to think, well, you know, OK, it was just a few lessons on a lunchtime. But it's nice that somebody, and as I'm sure others did too, you know, sort of taken that on. And whether it's just in their own free time for their own pleasure or whatever, it's something that's stuck with them and remained important. So yeah, for me, everyone's, for me, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that was, I didn't really... Sort of do an awful lot then, but in my sort of mid-teens, I was again starting to um, sort of get into more guitar-based music, I suppose. So you know, there it was, sitting in the corner, gathering dust, and um, <laughs> I just kind of picked it up and fumble. I remember sort of fumbling around with a few chords that I half remembered, and almost immediately, sort of striking on something that, to my ear, sounded um, original. Probably. <laughs> putting a bit too much uh, importance <laughs> on it but I yeah. thought oh, oh that, that kind of almost sounds like it could become something and, and I yeah. just, you know wrote a dreadful song quite quickly because um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think just, just the playing the playing of it, it it seemed I didn't you know like some people play instruments but don't write and that's all cool and that's fine no disrespect for that at all but for me in that moment and, and ever since the idea of playing but not seeking to you know, sort of channel my own sort of voice through it, as it were. Um, the, the two are very much in tandem. So, yeah, writing and playing, just yeah. You you transported me back to when because uh, for for my sort of um, uh, quick story about how I got mm. in, into guitar was um, sure. I I I my parents who. Um, we're in the process of not wanting to be together, um, and also they were trying to basically ask me like what I wanted to do as like some sort of um, uh, like a, a, like an after school type thing. Um, and right. so I I did say to them that my and I finally built up the courage to say I always wanted to learn to play guitar since as long as I can remember. Um, so I um, so I got lessons eventually. Um, for mm. quite a while, um, which I was hugely grateful for because um, you know my my parents didn't have a great deal of money, 
Um, sure. So I was really grateful that they even considered doing that same thing. But I think it was because like my brother and sister did lessons in some things, so I think they were just trying to to make it fair that I did something yeah. as well. Um, but you just transported me back when you said about yeah. um, terrible songs. <laughs> I was just sitting here <laughs> thinking, oh my god, yeah, I remember like you know, um, how many times you can rhyme you with with something and um, you know and uh, oh yeah, and you I go mean, and this you... is a Brian Adams song. Um, yeah. <laughs> everything I do, I do for you. Yeah, and that is, that'll do. You no too. One's, no one's ever said that before. Yeah, you too. <laughs> after all we've been through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we could we could hash something up right. Yeah, now. We'll come up with a, with a I know, and then you see, be... yeah, you see what yeah. you, you see what becomes a hit now, and you go. Uh, oh my god! Like I mean, they just they, they don't even come up with things, you know. No, that's it. That's it. Um, you you know, like that famous thing about. Sorry go, sorry, go on. I was. You think all those songs I threw away? I, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had like a um, whole, a whole, but I had a whole like um, portfolio of um, of songs that I just like looked back on and went, "What was I thinking?" Um, I was you know, just going to say, if you ever, it sounds as if you have sort of done that thing where you stumble upon. Um, old lyrics and yeah. or something. Oh, I did, yeah, definitely. Oh my good grief, the tortured, yeah, you know, stuff. That's good. But it's all. I mean, you know, we smile at it now. I wouldn't ever want to discourage anybody who's, <laughs> whether they know it or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> is working through that time in their own. Um, yeah, lives. I'm glad you said that. You've yeah. got to go through that stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. Very, very few people who stumble upon, you know, the goods mm-hmm. early on. You, you've got to sort of work through all of that, and then just occasionally you, you'll then start to see. I mean, I. I have a load of stuff. I wouldn't want anybody to see it, and I can't bear to look at it myself, but I don't want to throw it away. But on the odd occasions when I flick through, you'll then just start to see a line or something that you think, oh, that's you. there's something there. Yeah. And then make a few pages on, you think, oh, there's two lines there. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, just, you sort of plot the, the progress. And it, 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 it's basically a format, particularly if you're sort of self-taught or don't go to like a college, like a music school or something like that. You're basically going through the process of understanding how songs and everything work and, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and um, you know, t- and like tempo and how you want a song to sound. And yeah. and uh, particularly if you're like a guitar songwriter, it's like how you want to strum and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And, um, oh, yeah. Um, and it is a process, so I'm glad you said that because there is a serious point to this, and that, that, that yeah, it is a kind of like, like a lot of things is that um, it's a process that you you know you start, um, you know, not necessarily as you said, like have a song that's like ready to go in the first songs you ever write, but it's just right. learning the process of how to do it essentially, and then you start oh, totally. writing songs that make sense. That, um, that's exactly it, and I, I again sort of harking back to, to Springsteen um, you know seen him talking about rec- the recording process of their early albums they didn't have anybody sort of as part of their their, their band and their, their, their sort of group of people who really had any or much recording experience so for the first several albums they were sort of going blind so it took them weeks to get the drum sound that Bruce wanted now if they'd been to you know been on a recording course you know or, or been set up in a, in a you know studio with an experienced engineer that have probably been done within a day or two. Yeah, exactly. You know, but but they had to work through this process, and and you know, it's, there's something um, I don't know, almost romantic about the the sort of finding your own way through. Yeah, I, I agree know. with that. Yeah, definitely. And um, and I was just thinking as well, like I mean, um, because it depends on what type of age you actually start doing things, because you like, oh, yeah. you, you influenced in you in my generation. I'm 31. 
and um you know i i was influenced by you know what i now like i I consider shameful i've talked about this on this podcast before (laughs) um that my first album i ever bought was an nsync album okay Um, okay yeah i was so you know and i'm like god now i don't come across i'm sure now to anybody that i'm an nsync fan but um i I wouldn't have put money on that no but yeah and then it was uh and then my uh, musical taste changed which i don't know whether you agree with this but i I was really (laughs) grateful my brother-in-law one christmas bought me raids against the machine oh right yes yes and i I listened to that. that i listened to that all through the sum like I have through the winter, sorry, and yeah. um, and I my like yeah influences radically changed because I went this it is was... really cool and like I wasn't even that like much I still not like struggle to enjoy I mean some raps mm. some raps pretty good and I do think yeah. it is a talent definitely a talent without um, a doubt and I mean I mean Rage Against the Machine have really you know possibly the best band I think to to combine rock it's such yeah. a generic word but you know mm-hmm. there it is you know that that harder edge rock with with rap and and you know that's that's an incredible they've got they've got the whole package there i think that's mm-hmm. a remarkable band yeah yeah absolutely yeah oh. um, and actually this is a good segue to um to the album you gave me because um uh i've listened to it a couple of times um I, it, what the fun the funny story about it was i was listening to it like six in the morning when i was looking after my daughter <laughs> um so it's quite a nice it was quite a nice li- uh listen through as i'm half asleep okay. but um it was nice um and you one of the things i really like that you've done because this is something if i ever if i ever did if i ever made an album um you have a similar idea to me in the um, I really, I really like that you had other instruments in because obviously it is obviously sure. sort of like in the album you gave me very acoustic heavy. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact, for example, there's a violin I think in in one of the tracks and yeah, there's um, there's been on a couple of songs on the album. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of the percussion here and there, uh, harmonica. On yeah. One of the songs I know. I was going to say a man after my own heart because yeah. I can play harmonica and I um, oh, right. and I I was really pleased to hear a harmonica because I think it's yeah. an underappreciated instrument. Um, I, uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I sometimes I've not done it much, but I've done it, uh, you know, fairly recently, once or twice. Some um, sort, of, you know, that kind of Dylan-esque approach, suck and blow, mm-hmm. sort of harp playing along with your own stuff, and and that has a a, a certain um, you know, sort of sound and feel to it. But I think for that song, I, I really wanted to get somebody who absolutely knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, so there's a there's a guy who I didn't live too far away from at that point, and I'd seen him at certain music clubs, and I I knew I wanted him to to play on that. Because he absolutely, um, yeah, brought home the goods. But uh, it's interesting, sort of picking up on that point that you say, and I think, you know, particularly being a solo acoustic act, um, getting into the studio, there's always that um, that sort of balancing act that you then say, okay, how are we going to approach this? Because once you put something else other than a voice or guitar on, you've you've opened a door. uh, Yeah, it's then a question of how far. Do we throw you open this door um, <clears throat> in terms of you know arrangements and, and extra mm-hmm. instrumentation? And for me, I think I mean the next album somewhere between there's there's more going on on it Great. than there is on on uh, striking matches. But at the same time, I think we still manage to to sort of walk that thing where if somebody sees you live and likes what you do and then mm-hmm. buys the album, they're not because this has happened to us all. I think with with a fairly um, sort of stripped back artist, you then mm-hmm. find that they've thrown the kitchen sink yeah. at the album, and you think, ah, oh, but what I loved about seeing them live has somehow been smothered. And I think the trick is to sort of be in the studio and say, well, okay, we've got an opportunity to do something with these songs that I can't do live. Yeah. 
and yet at the same time not sell those songs short. Yeah. You know, sell the the core of those songs short. So I think there's a yeah, there's a balancing act, and I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying without their fault, but I, I think by and large with those two records, I think. Um, yeah, I sort of pretty much stayed on the tightrope. <laughs> no, no, and I, I understand where you're coming from because um, yeah. I think that's the I think that's the maybe the the underpinnings of um, what some people say. If as you said, if they're just doing acoustic album, the the thing is is that there's um, it's very hard to come up with as you I I I find anyway like arrangements to not make it all sound the same um you've yeah. got it's really quite hard it i mean people think well oh, okay you play different chords and whatnot but it it it, it uh, and you know the different chord progression blah, blah blah but um but it is actually quite hard to make them sound y- unique you know considering like yeah. for example the album you gave me had 12 songs in it sure. um so yeah it, it i can understand where you come from but at the same time yeah. you know if if that is like sort of the your your main instrument that you use, then you're obviously going to want that to shine through the songs anyway. That's so it, it is a yeah. difficult it is a difficult a difficult balancing act. But yeah, um, I thought yeah. um I thought when I've listened to it that uh, particularly the the song with the uh, violin in, mm. um I I thought it um, made sense and I thought it was nice. Yeah, so good. um thank you, my friend. Um because yeah, I am um, I'm I'm a huge fan of violin. So yeah, um, oh like, yeah. Have you ever heard of a band? This is a complete uh, uh, a complete segue. But have you ever heard of a band called Ra Ra Riot? <laughs> Um, have you ever heard of them? I think I have. I don't think I have. Um, they're from New- so they're from New, New York. Uh, they're from New York. Um, they right. they've kind of went a bit um, dancey, which is a bit weird because they lost some of their band members. Right. But when I when I first started listening right. to them, and I just think they're a good example of um, they're a good example of putting like loads of um, instruments together and somehow making it work because. They have a cello right, player yeah. and a violin and a guitarist, drums, um, and, a, wow. and, a, and a singer, um, and it really, yeah. really does work. And their first, I think their yeah. first album's like amazing. And they were from like a mu- they were from Syracuse University, which is like a very their music, um, their music, um, uh, like uh, uh, sections like famous for bringing really good people mm. out of it and. Um, okay. Anyway, so right. I, I, they, they, um, it, it, it's, uh, I think they're a good example of showing that you can get instruments like we've just talked about into certain, because um, mm. it comes across as they're quite like poppy rocky, but then you know the violins and stuff yeah. actually do work uh, in their in their um, yeah. in the pieces that they've yeah. done. So, um, so I guess it's a similar oh, premise for you, but. Oh. Um, um, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted yeah, to ask because yeah yeah I recommend uh, particularly the first album as I say they start getting all a bit dancey and a bit weird uh, later and more recent ones and um, <laughs> right. I, but I saw them live and they're fantastic so um, but anyway I wanted to ask because um, I think this is always interesting and then we'll we'll, we'll delve more into the albums because I'm curious mm. about that too is um you know you mentioned gigging which is always mm. interesting to talk about as someone who's gigged for, I gigged for quite a while when I did it. Right. And um, I'm curious as to what, like, you know, f- well, first of all, like, where did you uh, start gigging? Like, was it where you grew up or was it somewhere else? Well, I mean, when I was uh, about 19, 20, I, I sort of um, did a few <laughs> solo gigs uh, around about where I lived in Cambridge, where I grew up. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and it was, um, it sort of went well, but but it was, <laughs> you know, sort of rough and ready, rough and, ready and just, yeah. like I say, within probably within a five-mile radius. But it, it did sort of um, give me a little bit of a, a taste for doing that. Yeah. And um, it was something I very much uh, enjoyed and, and wanted to develop. And then, and then not long after that, um, I met my wife-to-be. 
and Great. you know life takes on a whole different turn and everything and um mm-hmm. not in, not in a bad way i hasten to add but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it becomes quite different and you have different priorities and, and what have you so the music sort of slipped away somewhat and then mm-hmm. it was about about 10 years ago really um uh, having moved down to somerset where we were for about 10 years um so yeah not long after we relocated there mm-hmm. and i was seeing there was quite a good open mic scene okay and um and I thought, that, I thought, oh, you know, I always fancied that. I ought to sort of dip my toe in again. So I sort of started to go around to one or two of those and got a flavour for it once more and was starting to write more. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it kind of sort of progressed from there. And then sort of 2012, I put out, I say put out, my, I sort of recorded my first album. Um, and and so by that point, I was starting to, to gig a little more. That's been in the last sort of four years, I suppose, though, that it's really started to become a more sort of a serious part of, of my life. So I'm quite a latecomer to all this, really. Yeah. In that regard, I'm just turned 47, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, if you do it, you do it. I mean, that's the thing. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's never too late, as they say. <laughs> no, no that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And uh, and I think, um, in, a, in a strange way, it's it's a little bit like the, you know, what we were talking about before, about you know, instrumentation on an album. It's about what's right, and uh, it's about what's right for the song, what serves the song. And um, and then equally, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, it wouldn't have been right for me at 20 to have tried to do what I'm doing now. I wasn't good enough. It wouldn't have been right, you know, mm. after that as life got busy in other ways. But but now it's OK. It, it's right to try, I think. And it, it feels it feels the right thing to be doing. Um, it, it doesn't look like it on paper. But it feels like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and as so, you say, uh, there'll be yeah. stuff on the there'll be stuff on the cutting room floor that you were like, I don't want anyone to hear that ever in the history of oh, time. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. And, and, and again, that's very true. And again, that's that's one of the advantages I think of, um, of sort of having done it quietly for a while, uh, you know, in relative private is that you don't have all those experiments and, and, and mistakes, you know, out mm. there to, to haunt you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll share something that's kind of funny because... I'll share something that's kind of funny is because, mm. you know, it's a bit it's a bit similar to... Because, I mean, I've probably been, I would say, interv- interviewing people for, like, 10 years or something, okay. so quite a long time. Sure. And it makes me think, I mean, it's just like any um, profession that you do or, 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 like, you know, a hobby, whatever it may be, is that... Um, you do, um, that, like, if you harker back to the first time you actually tried doing it. I mean, the first time I ever did something that was sort of broad, a broadcastable thing, and I've told this yeah. story on Mentally Sound before, is that um, I got asked at school, it was in sixth form, and we were doing a sports leadership award, and we needed somebody because we were doing an event where loads of schools were doing swimming. Mm-hmm. And in, in the swimming pool that we were at... They needed to have somebody to tell people what was happening because the parents were in like a gallery way up in the stands. So they couldn't necessarily see what was going on or what race was coming next or all that kind of thing. So they wanted somebody to go on like the Tannoy system thing and basically Mm. like commentate on what was happening and also say like what race was coming up and all that sort of thing. Mm. And I'll never forget how appreciative I've always been of the fact that when we discussed who was going to do that, everyone said I should do it. Ah, um, and that was like you say about like you know having a bit of um, 
you know a bit of experience of starting to do it and it went okay yeah. or whatever it is is that i yeah. think that for me that for me that for, was the reason that you know and I, and i and i would have and i i did make some mistakes as i do remember because you always do remember the mistakes probably more of than course, the overall yeah. thing um but overall i remember it going well and people thanked me for doing it and yeah and it, it, i definitely think that was the starting point of me going like i could i could publicly speak or something like that i think yeah. i have the ability to yeah. do that I'm not. I, well, it didn't scare me as well, which is um, mm. loads of people kept asking me that. Um, mm. And um, so anyway, my point, the reason I brought that all up is to say that you know, even like you know, interviewing someone or having a conversation with someone, mm. it, if it comes across as sounding easy, it's because probably someone spent the person doing it spent a huge amount of time. You know, the probably yeah. the ten thousand hour rule yes. of like, yeah. you know, um, of, of 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 honing their craft. So it it That's seems it. seamless when actually it's just very hard work. Um, that, there's, there's so so much truth in that. I think. I think, mm-hmm. as with anything, you know, natural ability and 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 a um a sort of desire to do something will only take you so far. You know, th- th- mm-hmm. there has to be. There's there's very very few people who can get by on that alone. I think, if anybody, yeah. Um, you know, the, the slog is there's always going to be part of it, isn't it? I but, always like the phrase. I always like the phrase that I really appreciate when um there was a basketball player that I liked who said that. <laughs> Who um, basically turned around and says, "Hard work turns up when talent doesn't." Oh, um, yeah, and I think that's a, like that. I think that's a really good phrase, yeah. um, because it does kind of say so. Because um, your talent doesn't always turn up. Like you might be having a bad yeah. day or whatever it may be, but if you've sure. owned a good hard work and hard work and philosophy, then you might yeah. be able to to eradicate that uh, much easier. I, I think there's so much truth in that, and um, mm. I, I would say for my own. Um, sort of experience as well mm-hmm. it's like you know if you feel that you're not um, I don't know maybe you're, you're playing a gig and you feel you're not quite on your game as you might <clears throat> wish to be or not that there's ever you know you never come off thinking hey I was brilliant <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly, like before, yeah. but you know you're always critical of yourself but you know there are some times when maybe you're not feeling well you've got this yeah I, I remember the yeah the first time we did um, 2012 the, the, the launch doing a, a launch night and um, <clears throat> excuse me I had the most horrendous cold or something going on in my throat. Oh. It was it was absolutely awful, and mm-hmm. it was sort of you know do we cancel this or how, how do we do this? And um, I ended up thinking oh, let's just let's just let's just do this and, and be upfront. You know, like normally it's not cool to sort of say to people, well, "I'm not feeling very well tonight." You <laughs> know, this was no. There's cards on the table. You need to know. <laughs> and I was I was sort of adjusting the key where I could and all the rest of it. Anyway, <laughs> had an absolutely great night. The audience was fantastic, and and the thing is, and it's sort of going back to what you're saying, really, that okay, you can't help how you're feeling. You can't help, as you say, whether the you know the whole the whole kind of toolkit turns up on a night and you've got it all at your disposal. You can't help those things, but you can help how much effort you put in. You can help how much passion you show. Um, you can help what you put in. To, to your work, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, and I've, I mean, I've always felt in whatever job I've done, and, and certainly doing this, that you know, as long as you do everything you can do, yeah, and you bring bring everything you've got to the table, then <laughs> for the most part, people will recognise that, and the, and the yeah. rest of it is in the laps of the gods. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's much truth in in that. But that basketball yeah. player said it a lot more succinctly than I did. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, sorry, I was just there. Me, me partner just came back. So, um, but oh, I, I did hear that. I did hear the end of that. Because um, it, it leads to it leads to um, it leads me to a couple of questions actually. Because I was going to say, um, in regards to gigging, and I mean, we'll we'll get back to the um, the, the the first album you did because that sounds interesting. Is 
I'm just curious about the actual feeling for you of doing a gig in front of a live audience, like, in particular, like, when you first started. I mean, are you one of them people that, do you get very anxious about it? Did you feel, un, did you feel like, kind of unnaturally quite okay with it? Or um, what was the process for you was, um, in terms of how you felt when you first started gigging? Well, I, I, when I first started gigging, and, and I sort of thinking every gig I did, really, which there weren't many, but all the gigs I did when I was, you know, around the age of 20, I would be feeling sick for most of the day <laughs> leading up to it. And and then starting again later on in life, <clears throat> initially, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very nervous. Um, now I've done more of it. I don't sort of, I don't get nervous in as, in as much as it becomes a, something that I think affects me too much. Yeah. But there is that, that's is that sort of wanting to get on with it almost is that that sort of yeah, uh, yeah that little buzz and, and and if that weren't there I think that would be you know the time it's happened very very rarely but the times when you don't feel nervous at all are the times when you really should worry it, it, it's a, it's a, almost a bit like that thing where you drive somewhere and you suddenly realise you've got no recollection of the previous five miles well I, I don't remember that jumping well, you know it's not <laughs> because you weren't concentrating it's just because you were sort of you know it, we've all had that experience. And, but it does worry you when you realise that's happened, and it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit like that. There's got to be some um, some sense of occasion, I think. Um, yeah. So I, I don't I don't sort of get nervous now, but I absolutely love. I mean, there are occasions depending on you know the context, but for the most part, but I absolutely yeah. love playing. Yeah, I'm so I'm really pleased you phrased it that way because I think you're absolutely right because I always find it baffling when people go when you know they ask a performer or whatever someone who like you know you know uh, does something in a in a in in front of an audience let's say and they always go like you look like you weren't like uh, nervous or anxious at all and i'm like (laughs) but uh, i I really i wish i'd remembered who who said this phrase but basically the point they were making were um if you don't have that feeling of like you know nervousness going on like you just described Mm. then it doesn't mean anything to you anymore i i I, yeah 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 that's precisely it um um yeah that that's awareness that you're doing something all right it's not gonna you know no one's gonna get hurt if it goes wrong or anything but (laughs) um but you are doing something that you know people have come out to to see you do and something that supposedly means something to you and i think particularly if you're if you're you know trying to write and, and perform songs that you know for you and hopefully for people who've come to listen have some some meaning that to, to not kind of bring to that, as I say, a, a sense of occasion or, or, or something, a sense that it's something unique and special about to happen, mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, you should at least want it to be that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, Absolutely, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. think this idea of having no nerves at all is actually useful. No, it's I don't, not, uh, not, not healthy, I don't think. No. And I think as well that for, for, for a lot of people for whom, um, you, you know, a lot of uh, sort of, um, yeah, singer-songwriters who... Um, I don't know, who want to sort of uh, convey something of, of some substance. Mm-hmm. You know, there are often people who are, and I put myself in this um, in this crowd, there are often people who are, you know, conflicted about whether or not they should be doing it, whether they're good enough, whether they're worthy <laughs> to, whether, yeah. you know, all of this stuff goes yeah. through your head. Mm. And, and I think that's a very important part of, of, of doing this, and not, not just in terms of, of live performances, but the whole thing. You know, and it can be frustrating for people that you do open up to for, you know, people are really yeah. close to you and yeah. they're like well this is what you want to do you know what's wrong with you get out of yeah, here yeah and it's but, it's, not, it's, yeah. it's true and th- mm. there's almost something I think I think because it 
probably is a comfort to me. <laughs> it's something endearing <laughs> about hearing about people yeah. who you think, oh, they're so good at what they do, and then mm. finding out that, you know, half a minute before they go on, they're, they're quaking in the wings. Yeah, they? they have the same yeah. insecurities as you do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, I'm really ple- yeah, I'm re- it's really refreshing to hear, um, to hear you say that because I think... Um, I just think people who have that approach of saying that they don't get nervous and it's a breeze for them are not mm. either not being honest or, as I say, I think are probably in a position I that it's not theirs it. anymore. Yeah, um, it's yeah. not not for them. Um, yeah, um, but I think people, I think everyone who's not a performer who misconstrues that and going, you look, don't look nervous. Mm. I think it's exactly what you said in that um, if you've done it long enough you start to develop like uh, an understanding of like the feeling that you're going to experience before you go on so you can deal with it better that's and it a really good way of putting it, it. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't affect it doesn't affect you it doesn't affect you as much as it would when you first started because um you know, mm. if you're doing something completely alien, you know, when I used to be like a performer and do improv comedy or something like that, you oh, never okay. could be you never could be I remember feeling you could never be 100% certain how it was going to go because you didn't even know what you were doing, you know? Um, Big respect. Yeah, so so it is kind of like, um, but at the same time, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful exercise and that's what I want, I was curious about asking you about, because I do think artists in particular have to let go of some, of some, um, you know, feelings of the, you know, if they do have feelings of dread about it not going well mm. or whatever it is, and I do think yeah. you have to to find some sort of happy medium where you can get on and just be like, I'm going to be me, and and, yeah. and 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 I think that just comes down to doing it and be confident. Do you agree with that, or is it something I, else? I com- no, no, I completely not agree, and I think that yeah, experience is is the big uh, factor mm-hmm. there. Yeah, um, and I've I've kind of um, that's something I'm still. Um, battling with is far too dramatic a phrase, but it's something I'm still kind of contending with in my, in my, within myself. I think is that, um, that 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 balance between having the confidence to to step out and do something, you know, hopefully, um, uh, you know, well, you know, um, and yet at the same time not have any arrogance, not have any sense of entitlement or anything. I, I, you know, these are things that I. I I hate to see in anybody, and most of all myself. I don't think there's a yeah. A place for it, and none of us has the right um, for that. Uh, and so, I don't ever, you know, there's no place for any of that. But at the same time, you've got to go out believing that you that you've got something, you know, worth showing to people. And that, that's yeah. such a that's to me that's a massive paradox. And you know, there are times <laughs> when you feel more in in the right place, and other times where you just think, oh my goodness, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and it goes back, I think, to what you were saying earlier uh, about like that quote about you know hard work showing up and, and, and taking some of the burden because um, yeah it's in those moments that experience and the will to do what you do well for, yeah. the, for the sake of those who've come to see you mm-hmm. that steps in and says well okay you might not feel confident right now but I'm yeah. going to I'll carry you forward until you feel a bit better and yeah. I think that the, 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 the flip side of that the other extreme of the spectrum if you like is the worst thing you can do is, for me anyways is to put yourself in the audience while you're playing I, I will, if I do that, I will judge myself in a way that I would no, I would judge no other performer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hold myself to a standard that I would never dream of criticising yeah. anybody else with. <laughs> you know, and then these thoughts flash around your mind and you're going, see, what are you doing? Just get out of that. You know, the, mm. the best thing for me is, is, um, is that you're, you're almost so involved and invested in what you're singing. And I, and I often, you know, particularly certain songs will unconsciously, but I'm aware I do it. 
after mm. the event, seeing with my eyes shut. And there's a, there's a sense in which you almost want to, at the end, open your eyes and be surprised that there are people in front of you. Yeah. And I think when those moments or something close to that arrive, you think, okay, we, we, we're sort of um, we're in the right place now. Uh, that, that's that, that's kind of how it should be. It's you're, you're almost not in almost to do it as well as you can for the people who've come to see you. You almost have to disregard them. And, yeah. And go into your own space and and be doing it sort of for yourself or for the song. And in doing yeah. that, I think the people who who are there, be they five or fifty or whatever, will hopefully get more out of it. That's fascinating because I was thinking as you were saying that um, that uh, this is something I've talked about on here before. Is the is this idea of this is why I'm a much bigger fan of someone like yourself who who sings with emotion and sit and actually like writes something that means something to them because I think you know when you watch like the 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 X Factory shows and all that <laughs> kind of thing mm-hmm. is I'm less bothered by having a pitch perfect person yes. singing somebody yeah. else's song. You yeah. know, like I, 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 that doesn't interest me in the slightest because I don't think um, a, a performer, like you know, a singer. Okay, you can call them a singer if they have a pitch perfect way of singing, mm. but I'm, um, I wouldn't say that's being a performer because that's not the whole package. Like, no, you know, yeah, and I think you know having a rapport with an or like uh, you know, because I, I make this argument about um, about Rob uh, Robbie Williams is that I don't actually mm. think he's mm. that good of, of a of a like singer and all that sort of stuff yeah. the thing that the thing that the thing that's made his he's made a career out of is he has the thing that you can't um make which is charisma mm. yeah like that's the one thing i think he's made his entire career of having unbelievable charisma but i don't yeah. think he's like elvis that he was actually uh-huh. talented yeah. Um. I, like, I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that's just my view. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm, um, I'm, I'm inclined to, um, to agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's, a, there's a lot of truth in that. And I think, you know, people will, people like different things, don't they? You know, there are yeah. those for whom good singing is, is, is technique. Um, yes. Technique's true. great. It has its place. There mm-hmm. are very few people, very few people, I think, who have within them, um, great technique and great presence and performance yeah. and, and, and charisma yep. you know and, and that sort of genuine sincerity i don't think the two often go hand I, in hand and I maybe agree. even yeah. counterproductive yep um but like you could say i would much rather see somebody you know open their heart up and, and sort of pour into what they're what they're doing yeah not just in music in fact but in everything but certainly yeah. in music rather have that than yeah. something that's polished and, and soulless and we've all we've all witnessed that kind of thing. I, sort of on the positive side of it, I remember I was with somebody once, and we were um, we were packing some gear away off a stage, and and uh, uh, this wasn't for my gig. This was something else on a while back, and yeah. um, and on the uh, this sort of this, um, sort of post gig music, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Neil Young came on an old Neil Young song, right? And just I can't remember what it was, old man, whatever. Um, but it was wonderful, and I remember I sort of said to him, I said, "Why does this work?" I said, "Because if you you know his voice." You know, if you were going to, you know, go at it with a with a sort of cowlesque, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. sort of incisive sort of critique, you know, yeah. you could pull it apart, you know, every way from Sunday. I said, I mean, I, I knew the answer before I asked the question, but I said, why does it work? He said, because he means it. Yeah, and that, that's that's it. He he yeah. means it, and it's it's, and I think you know, we we carry within us contradictions and flaws and frailties and all the rest yeah. of it. I think mm-hmm. art is at its best, and in fact. I don't think it can be art without it. it. Has to represent those things. And if something is just this sort of smooth, 
um, surface and everything's perfect and in place, you just kind of think, well, that's all very lovely and I can admire that. Mm-hmm. But I don't quite connect with that because to me that's not my experience of the world or myself. Yeah. I want something that reflects those things. Yeah, and it's also shown like a genuine exposing of themselves in a in a kind of mm. like humane way, almost like um, yeah. yeah, I do think it. I do think you're right. Um, and as, but as you say, it's whatever people you know want to like or whatever it may be. I just I, I think yeah, we're both in, we're it's... both inclined that we both seem to prefer. You know, people being, um, you know, um, more emotional and um, oh, more yeah. involved in their music kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, um, just very briefly, I'll tell you, um, you may recall, I don't know, you might not recall, you're so much younger than me. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, you remember Boyzone, though. Yes, I do. Uh, yes, I um, yeah, well, yeah. some years ago, I can't remember what it was, they did a cover of Cat Stevens' Father and Son. Oh, and, God, um, yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, which is a song I've sung at times, and I used to sing it. In fact, this was back when I was in my early 20s, I suppose, or just a bit younger. I used to sing it live occasionally, and it's a song I absolutely adore. And they covered it. <clears throat> Not perhaps to my taste. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it came on the radio at a place where I was working at the time. And one of my <clears throat> co-workers said, oh, I love this song, this is great. I said to her, yeah, it is a great song. You know, it's not the original. She said, oh, isn't it? So they did the original. So I, I told her, I said, it's Cat Stevens. You've got to seek it out. It's just, that's that's this song. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that. She said, oh, right, I will. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, she comes in one day. She said, I heard Cat Stevens' version on the radio last night. Said, oh, and? How do you get on? She said, yeah, it's all right. It's a bit, voice is a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, you do it for me. And I'm, I'm almost, I could feel myself going into this sort of... <laughs> apoplectic state I'm like what, what, what sort of trying yeah. to put some words together but, but that's the point yeah. he means it you know it's real it's you know, the soul of the song the connection with the, the, the subject matter and the words um, yeah, yeah. which I personally felt was missing from this yeah. other version um, yeah. but again it's somebody and I think that's particularly when this, this sort of um, super smooth production thing was coming in and everything being kind of you know computer verifi- verifiably perfect yeah was and Which some people and some people don't have them, you know. And this is just a fact: is that some people don't have them that type of rapport with music. They just prefer having it on in the background, yeah. and you know yeah, they don't really yeah. sort of, um, you know, resonate with it. I know some people who listen to to songs and just like go, oh, "That's a nice tune," and I go, "Like you yeah. don't know, you're not like you know care about the lyrics." Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, which in which in some hits that you get recently, I they really don't care about the lyrics. No. Um, it's just nice. random, like like um. Do you do you ever have you heard that song? Uh, I've been dying to talk about this um, <laughs> uh, on on this show. Um, have you heard that song where it goes? Um, I want to we, 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 when I'm having a party or something. Um, at, at solo, it's called, and it goes. Solo. Yeah, it's called solo. It's like a um, it's like a, a sort of dancey dancey song, and she goes. Right. Um, and uh, and you can turn me on and on and then it goes. I want to whoop 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 when I'm having a party. Yes, whoop, 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 when I'm having a good time. Yes, I. I, 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 I mean, and what? What is that? It is apparently she's saying like um like swear words, but she she re- replaces oh. it with um I want to no no hang on it it was like um I'll get you know just because we're on here I'm on Google yeah. so I'm gonna Google it now because it's like <laughs> I read I read this once. And I read it out to my partner and going, this is actually, somebody wrote this and went, what a great idea. Um, and I just went, how is this, how is this, um, how is this, like, allowed? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm highly, oh, there I'll, you go. I'll, I'll fill. I'm highly curious now. Yeah, by, it's by, a, a, I, I mean, you know, call my ignorance, but it's by someone called Clean Bandit. 
Don't know who that is. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think they did a... Did they do something uh, a little while ago that ended up getting used in the... I think it was Marks and Spencer's advert or something. Maybe. There was this um, instrumental bit, which was actually quite interesting. But, yeah, then I've heard other stuff and been... Yeah, they've been around... Yeah, they've been around since like 2008, so I've just quickly googled them. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, so this is the this is the lyrics to what I was getting at, right? So it Go says, it. "This solo, solo, everybody. This solo, everybody. This solo, solo, everybody. I never meant to leave you hurting. I never meant to do the worst thing. Not to you, this solo, solo, everybody. Because every time I read your message, I wish I wasn't one of your exes." Now I'm the fool, this solo, solo, everybody. Since, you, uh, since you've been gone, I've been dancing on my own, these boys up in my zone. But they can't turn me on. Because baby, you're the one I'm coming for. I can't take no more, no more, no more. And I swear to God, this chorus is what made me cry with laughter. Because we first heard this on the radio, and, and my partner literally drove off the road crying around there. <laughs> Because it goes, I want to whoop, 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 but I'm broken hearted. Cry, 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 but I like to party. Touch, 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 but I got no body. Here on my own, I want to whoop, 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 but I'm broken hearted. Um, touch, 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 but I got no body, but so I do it solo. Which sounds ridiculously rude. Um, and I was like, I'm going, how's that? that? Someone wrote that chorus and went, genius. Yeah. And, right, and I was just like, what? Um, and honestly, the the bit where it goes cry, 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 it's on. I swear to God, me and my partner thought she said quack, quack, quack. <laughs> That's what it sounds like if you hear it on the radio. It sounds like quack, quack, quack. And I'm like, she's actually imitating a duck. And I'm like, this is the, and this is a hit. This is oh, a hit, and I'm like, oh god! But then again, that's, that's extraordinary. I know. Anyway, so everyone, I'm sure everyone's heard that song, but check it out. It's uh, anyone listening <laughs> I, I to this who's not heard it. Solo by at the same time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like an enigma. Um, but I think um, I have heard it because that the sort of whoop whoop party bit. That, yeah, that's the I, chorus. I yeah, that, yeah, the chorus. Anyway, I've not yet been treated to the whole track. So um, yeah, well, well, you're in for a treat, my friend. Uh, <laughs> right, it's it's, it's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, it well, I mean, it's like you always go to want, like, what was it? Wannabe by Spice Girls took 15 minutes oh. and they keep wanting to tell everybody that, which I think is ridiculous, but there you go. Oh, um, man. That anyway, makes that look like um, Dylan Thomas by comparison, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. remarkable. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> I have actually, <laughs> and th- th- this could sort of fit in, really. I have actually just, I don't know if you have, once or twice in my life, I've met people who, you know, and I don't judge them for this, <laughs> but they've been quite open and they said to me, yeah, actually, I, you know, I don't, don't have any interest in music at all. I don't listen to music. I don't, um, yeah. don't care about I've music. Heard that, yeah. And I've always, it's almost to me, it's like, it's going to sound totally dramatic, but it's like somebody saying, yeah, I don't really do food. <laughs> I, I, I can't, it's not, it's not my thing. I've never got yeah. into it. You know, I can't, you know, different types of music, you know, yeah. arguably better music, worse music, whatever. But no music? Yeah. I can't. I, can't. I, I don't think they actually realise, though, that music's in everything, so I don't think that is actually even possible. Uh, that's true, yeah. I mean, and, like, and they want to see a film, like a soundtrack, and, yeah. you know, they, you know <laughs> there's soundtracks in that, so the film oh, wouldn't such, be a film. such though. a huge part of the film as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, you take a soundtrack out, or, you know, these experiments that people have done is replaced soundtracks 
to it. I mean, it completely yeah. changes the yeah the mood and, and intonation and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Um, so anyway, um, I wanted to get back to because I want to make sure that we mention your albums and everything. So I was curious about you know because you, you've touched on it for like a couple of times now about because um, I'm I'm curious as about when you sort of took the leap of. Um, you know, doing gigs, you know, but you know, and I imagine you started to do them quite consistently. And obviously, as you said, got a night. I imagine you started to get good feedback from people, and uh, all that sort of stuff. What was it always the intention to do your, the first album that you did, or I mean, and like, I, I guess I'm asking, how did that uh, like mm. come to be? Yeah, it it sort of grew over a period of three or four years, I suppose, from starting to get interested in the music again. Yeah, and then sort of playing for a few people either in a sort of uh, you know in a sort of gathering after an event or at an open mic or something and getting some some very encouraging feedback yeah. um, either about the songs or my performances or whatever and it, it took me a long long time to sort of just not think people were being nice and I'm sure they were being nice and I'm you know and all the rest of it but you know I was I was the last person I think um to sort of think anything of what they were saying, do you know? Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, yeah. Oh, that's that's really nice to be. Uh, I know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, Don't really mean so, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, people just being nice. Yeah, they were just uh, in the, they were, they were in the room. I'm not sure everybody. I'm sure everybody, not everybody thought it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't tell me. Yeah. Um, but eventually, uh, you know, and as <laughs> as these newer songs were sort of coming together, as I say, sort of certainly by 2011, 2012, I've got enough songs at that point that I was. That I was happy with, that I thought it would be nice to do something, and and uh, and so myself uh, and a good friend of mine uh, who used to have a recording studio and still got all the gear, you know, we we sort of set everything up and uh, recorded that that first album, yeah. So what yeah, was the name of that? Is that Story Records? Or, or? Yeah, no, no, that one is um, uh, sort of just self-released. Completely oh, I see. Called, yeah, okay. fourteen good intentions, yeah. and um, and. It, Plus two bonus tracks, so it's actually sixteen songs. <laughs> it's cool. It was. I, I've often thought that people's first albums probably should be called Best of. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the sense it's, it's like you know, this is everything I've I think has got any value since yeah. year dot. You know, and whilst most of the songs were fairly recent, some of them went back a good few years. Yeah. Uh, mm, so they're probably yeah. polished, yeah. I think that's why first albums do very well, isn't it? Because the, the, the songs so. are more polished. It's yeah. the best material, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it certainly wasn't the best... Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with, with the songs on the album. Obviously, I'm happy to sell the album still. I'm not trying to do it a disservice or anything. Yeah, of course. But yeah. I, I think in listening to the three, there's a, there's a, a sort of sonic progression in terms of, um, of, of terms of how they're recorded and everything. But, uh, um, but I'm still really, really happy with, with that album. But yeah, it was certainly a, a sort of... A sort of raw and more honest sort of uh, debut, I think. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, what was your yeah. fir- what was your first album called again? Fourteen Good Intentions. Okay, of, yeah. Sort of fourteen main songs, and there was a couple yeah. of bonus tracks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, and so uh, as I as I touched on at the beginning of this uh, podcast is um, so when when Steve was on Mentally Sound, the other show that I do, he very kindly gave me his second album, um, which is um, Striking Matches in the Wind, which as I've said, mm-hmm. I've listened to twice. Um, and it leads me to a very good transition, having having listened to this uh, album, is I'm I'm curious as to because I always ask me I've had quite a few musicians on the show before, sure. um, and I always I always find myself asking this because 
how how do you feel about being compared to other musicians? Because I always find that fascinating. Um, uh, yeah, crazy they are. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was that was um, what I was leading to. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Oh no, it's not um, another clean bandit yeah. reference. Um, yeah. <laughs> Has anyone mentioned you sound like clean bandit? Uh, <laughs> not yet. No, that, that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah. it's always interesting. And, and uh, no, you I need more. You need more. I, I, you need I, I, more I don't mind in your songs. I, I think. Comparisons are a, a sort of um, yeah. are a useful yardstick for most of us, aren't they? You know, yeah. it's like if, if somebody says to you, "Oh, you know, you need to hear such and such an artist," you go, "Oh, I've never heard of them." The next thing they'll say is, "Oh, they're a bit like you know such and such." Or yeah, that's true. And so, that's true. And so, they're, they're useful um, in that sense. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think it gets it must get difficult for some artists when <clears throat> I, mean, I always think. You know, there have been a few people over the years. Oh, this is the new Dylan, or you know, or a band. They're the new Beatles. I say, oh, don't do that. That's just a, that's the kiss of death. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, too high expectations. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but you know, to to actually sort of put that kind of albatross around someone's neck. Needless to say, that hasn't happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no certain sort of comparisons and, and favourable ones are, well, are lovely. Yeah. I was going to mention like because when I was listening to your album the first time I put it on. Mm. Um, there was a few comparisons that I thought of. Um, oh. uh, if you want me to, if you want me yeah, to, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they're all, in my opinion, they're all really good. Um, you know, like I, I was thinking of the, uh, I, I was thinking in particular your first song when I first started listening to the to, to the record. Uh, I'm just saying, like an old farty in record. Uh, be pe- <laughs> like young kids going, what the hell's a record? Like, um, I think I said LP yeah, earlier on. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I still can't get my. I mean, because I never really was like a huge fan of CDs, so I never really see CDs oh, for like. Okay. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah um, anyway, but that's just mm. me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the the first track, people who care. Mm. Remind, it sound you sounded a bit like um, Tracy Chapman. Oh, that was my. Oh, thank you. That was really I, I I that like I say sounded like. I mean, obviously you, you don't in 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 for, no, various, for various reasons. But it um, it had a, it had a similar vibe to um to to um the the what's it called chasing car um. Whatever it was called, that being the song that she did, I can't remember. Um, drive fast cars, no. Fast cars, that's it. Yep. Yeah, fast cars. Yeah, that's it. I always get there. You can edit out the stumbles. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. It shows it's a, it yeah, shows fast, it's an actual car. conversation. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, and um. And uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming because every anyone who does acoustic stuff, um, you sounded it, it reminded me a little bit of Damien Rice, which I think's um, which I think Thank makes you, yeah, that, makes that's sense. Fun. That's um, much appreciated. Yeah, a number of people have um, mentioned Damien Rice to me. Um, there was one yeah. song with the, this land is Poundland, I think it was. Mm. Um, that reminded me, and I I like this particular person. Um, have you ever heard of Mike Carrera? He's from um, M- M- MXPX or something. They're a punk rock. They're sort of like a punk rocky type okay, band. Okay, no, no, no. Um, and he fine. does yeah. kind of like punk rock. Um, I guess like uh, the obvious comparison being that we're from the UK is like a Biddy Black, Biddy Bragg type. Um, sure. Politically punk, yeah. but he's like a punk rocker. Um, okay, it reminded me kind of a bit like that. Um, the way that you played and everything else, and um, mm. and I'm a big fan of his. So um, so um, yeah. Oh, so um. But anyway, um, and uh, I, I just, I'm just, cu- I, I'm, I'm curious because the reason I asked that, and I've probably asked every musician who's ever been on this show, because I'm up to mm-hmm. like 180 episodes, or something ridiculous. So, um, is I think the downside of what we were talking about in terms of like um, genre comparing to other people mm. is the, and I'm just curious as to what you think about it is, um, is that when you um, sort of um, particularly when you talk about genre, 
is that I find like listening to your like I've listened as I said I listened to your album twice. Mm. I, I find it other than saying you're an acoustic artist difficult to define, mm. and I regard that as a good thing. Um, and you. so I, I I find it interesting. Like for example, I be I was browsing your website before we started, and it says mm. like you know you have a folkiness to you, which I can definitely see the the the, the comparisons to that. But I mm. wasn't in my view the in the album I listened to the first thing I thought of. Um, yeah. And I'm just curious as to that, because um, I've had different answers to people that I've asked, and I want to ask you directly: Is that do you do you wish that you someone would say that you're a particular genre like this, or, or do you not care, or like what's your sort of view on people who go no, like because I've seen people argue going no, that band isn't heavy heavy metal, <laughs> uh, it's um, it's uh, emo rock or whatever, yeah. <laughs> or like it's Death Valley, it's Death Valley uh, alternate rock. How yeah. dare you say that it's um, death jam? Uh, like, <laughs> that, uh, like how many? How how far? How far down like the uh, spectrum do you want to go? Really? So, so yeah. So, I, so that's my direct question: is do you care like um, what genre people define you as, or uh, or do you and do you think you're like a kind of um, an amalgamation of different genres or anything? Like that? no, that's, that's a good question. I mean, the, the, the short answer is no. I don't care. Um, yeah. I, I think I think genres are, are useful in record shops. They yeah. help you find things, and beyond that, they're of little purpose or consequence. Yeah, I think um, that. I think that they're more important to some people than others, I guess. And there are people for whom, you know, their their music can fit quite neatly into, you know, perceived genre. You know, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of something, and I've, I've decided not to. But you know, um, so, and again, they can be a bit like comparisons, artist comparisons. They can be a useful shortcut. You know, oh, what, what sort of music do they play? And then out comes the whatever terms. I mean, the, the the big one for me is folk because I do get sort of put into the the folk category by some and not mm-hmm. by others. And I'm I'm very happy being in or or out. Um, <laughs> in that in that in that sense, um, you know, in terms of what people think of as being folk. And certainly there are some songs of mine which I think do fit that that bill, mm-hmm. and others which don't. Um, yeah. So, I mean, focus is the big one because, for me, I think I, in, in terms of what I understand and believe folk music to be, in a sense, I think I am because I think folk music is is the music of of the people. It's it's the you know the voice of of the common man and woman. It's the, you know the stories from um, from the masses' points of view, if you like, um, on those issues and those trials and tribulations and triumphs. And 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 in that sense, a lot of what I write about. I think is is um, is sort of entrenched in that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. but then to other people, folk music is something or can be something quite different. Yeah, and and so it's it's very very difficult. But yeah, ultimately, I don't really mind. I mean, you know, I don't, I always find it hard when people say, you know, what sort of music do you play, uh, or you know, it's when people ask you, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like you say, the, the acoustic singer songwriter, I think, is the thing to fall back I, I sometimes say that I'm, I suppose I'm in the sort of the Dylan tradition again not mm-hmm. a comparison but in that sort of tradition of just picking up a guitar and and, and you know trying to trying to put it out there yeah with a, the guitar and a voice and in that sense I guess that's the the path I follow but yeah, yeah. 
uh, I thought as well before we uh, we'll mention the albums as as a sort of the wrap up point uh, in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a in a second. Um, but I'm just cu- I'm curious because obviously I I mean we we've been talking uh, particularly at the beginning about us being you know the songwriters and stuff and having that rapport mm-hmm. with each other and I and I'm I'm curious because I think um, one of the things I like uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to listen to the other albums as well is that what I like about the album I listened to and even the song that you played on Mentally Sound for her was. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm curious if is is I'm assuming this is deliberate, but I wanted to ask you directly. It's that um, it comes across because obviously you talk about your songs being very honest and open, and because you write, uh, you know, you write them yourself. I, I, that's that's an obvious distinction. But what I what I'm curious about is that uh, and aware of is that you you seem to have an edge of trying to twist it into like a positive thing. Um, and what I mean is that, like, um, even though it's honest and fruitful, and and you know, there's obviously some tinges of of sadness and pain, and like like a lot of artists yeah. uh, write about, mm-hmm. is that it it seems to have like um, I think maybe the the better way of saying it than positive is is a po- is like an op- optimistic view. Um, yeah. And I'm just curious, is that like you know conscious, or is that just how it developed? Hmm. Blimey, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's more conscious than not. I th- the thing is, sometimes you sort of write a song, you don't quite know even what it's about at the start. Yeah. And then once you work that out, <laughs> yeah. you don't really know necessarily where it's going. I mean, I, I sometimes begin writing songs. I mean, there's a song on, on somewhere between the latest album called Other, and I, I sort of got the first couple of lines of that song out, and I didn't really know where it was going or what what I was writing about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and it, then I, I sort of soon realised, and it, it quickly developed into a song which is, is written from the perspective of um, a, a transgender individual. Yeah. Somebody recognising uh, the, the sort of contrast between who they are within and who they are without. And and so, and that's not a, it's not something I'm, I have any personal experience of, but in sort of writing the song, I, I think you sort of, um, I don't know, you, you you sort of find yourself trying to work out what it must feel like or what it must be like or what the, the, the barriers are, the contentions. And, and I suppose in doing that, for your own sake at least, in terms of your own efforts to understand and empathise, you're finding points of uh, that are more universal. And I think, and then by the end of that song, you know, where, where do you leave something like that? And, yeah. and that, that song in the end settles down in a place with somebody who's obviously been through a great deal, but has has, has come to a place of, of resolve yeah. to be the person that they know themselves to be, yeah. and and to move forward in their life with that. So that it, you know, you want it to have some positive resolve uh, always. Yeah. I think, unless you're telling a, a, a sort of factual account of something, of course, yeah. that yeah, yeah. may have a, an inevitable and sad end. But it, you know, the the points of reference for that song for me are you know isolation. Um, yeah, loneliness, feeling different to everybody, um, not and confusion, all those things. And whilst we may not all have the same direct experiences, those are things that most, if not all of us, can associate with. Yeah. We know what those things feel like, and I think it's those finding those markers that help. Yeah. First of all, myself as a as a writer and as an individual, and then hopefully as you take that song out and other people hear it, it helps us all to yeah. you know find that place where we go. Oh yeah, I can. I can empathise with that now. Yeah, 
City. And as we as we've touched on throughout all of this uh, this podcast is to talk about them. Um, I, I use the phrase that a good friend of mine uses as lived experience. Is that once you um you know your life experiences that you've learned over the time you've been alive is that that what you know and as you said learning from it and mm-hmm. I think you do the resolve that you have by basically surviving is what leads you to be sort of optimistic for the future in a sense so it probably just comes out naturally anyway yeah um, uh, yeah maybe yeah, I, yeah. I think that's kind of quite interesting so mm. um great it's been such a pleasure talking to you steve um, oh, likewise, um and you. um i just wanted to end on a, a couple of things um I, I thought if you're if you give me permission to i was wondering mm. if i could play a song from this album yeah please do um and i was cu- I, I thought to make it fun is there a particular one you'd like me to play it <laughs> um, oh wow do you know what? I haven't listened to that album for a while. Do you know what? In a way, I mean, perhaps particularly because of what we've just been talking about, okay. I think that the final track, Matches in the Wind, which I guess is the title song, cool. that, that sort of do that. fits quite nicely, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we'll, um, I'll make sure we end on that then. If As I say, I just thought I'd ask you directly if it's okay. To yeah, no, that's that. absolutely sound. Because um, I think it just makes sense, um, you know, to yeah. give people an, an example. Because, yeah, what I want to yeah. end on is to say, so you've had... So, Am I right in saying you've had third albums with the fourth one you're working on now? Is that correct, or is the fourth one out? Uh, well, no, the, the fourth one, I suppose, I'm not... Yeah, I've not got sort of uh, any direct, immediate plans to get to begin work on actually recording it, but okay. I'm aware that it can't be too long, and certainly the songs for it are coming together. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that feels, that feels good, at least. Yeah, <laughs> so you've got... So, obviously, as you said, the... Um, uh, if you go to stevepledger.co.uk, which I will mention in the description, you can check out all um, of Steve's work, and obviously all his albums are on there. Um, if you're yeah, interested, yeah, um, etc. It's all there. Yes. Yeah. Um, because yeah, so um, good intentions with your first album, striking matches in the wind, which is what I've got now, and we're going to play, yeah. um, as he says, the title track from that um, at the end of the podcast. And somewhere between was your most recent one. That's um, correct. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. has got some very nice reviews I was reading on your homepage, so that's, uh, that's yeah, pretty, yeah, it's pretty picked nice. up a couple of awards and such, and such, which was very, very, um, very nice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because I this is like my only sort of standard uh, question to end. Uh, the only question I really ask everybody who's ever on mm-hmm. is sort of um, did the couple sort of two part thing is did you think when um, when you first started gigging and stuff that it would lead to you you know being able to do this consistently and and have albums out and all this sort of stuff or was it was it literally a wing wing on a prayer <laughs> i know it sounds like we're just coming up with like a lyric um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah we're all being like we're um, all being teary right now going here yeah. i'll go to a bon jovi um, covers yeah album. exactly yeah um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah but in fact yeah very much a wing on a prayer just to sort of suck it and see and sort of see what happens really and, and uh, it just so happened, happened yeah. quite organically yeah there's, there's still a long long way to go not that i've got course, any yeah. um, delusions of grandeur but uh you know just to sort of make it viable uh keep things ticking and moving in the right direction it's yeah. um but it's a lot do, of work but i, I mean um, else. yeah exactly I, I, that's what i was about to say is doing something you love i don't think i mean necessarily um it's that classic cliche of like if you find something you love you'll never work a day in your life that's kind of true because you know, that's one of the reasons I love doing, in, uh, you know, interviewing slash having conversations mm. with people because I think it's what makes the world go round. So yeah, um, most definitely, you know, we need more of that. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So communication. So as, yeah. So as I said, it's uh, sleepleasure.co.uk. Um, is there is there other ways people can get your album, or is it just on your website? Um, 
the website really is is the best place and at gigs of course and okay. um yep. so i'll be playing around the northeast and, and further afield as well yeah, in the I, coming I, months. yeah i should ask you just because i'm from the northeast like um do, mm. uh, how did you end up uh, do you go to like the northeast regularly or anything like that because i'm i mean obviously ricky booked you for mentally sound so yeah i was just curious as to um do you go come to the northeast often or well well this is it i mean i don't know if we've, we've obviously perhaps not had this discussion but yeah i'm based in county durham now oh so. right yeah that's <laughs> yeah, why i'm yeah, asking because i was assuming maybe you've moved or something no yeah. no fair play yeah, yeah no um no we sort of moved up here in 2017 oh right so and, very recent. Um, yeah okay absolutely loving it absolutely great love it. Yeah. i'm really pleased i'm really pleased you like it was there a particular reason you moved or was it um Wim- yeah, we had to make some changes really um and so we we were sort of looking for where to go and i've been coming up here a couple of times on tour sort of 2015 cool. 16 and um said to my wife look i think we could do a lot worse than consider uh the northeastern neck of the woods do you fancy yeah. having a look and it all kind of went from there and here we are feeling. very nice very, very yeah, County home. Durham's a lovely part of uh, the North East, so um, oh, that's is, a, yeah. yeah, very good, very good decision. Yeah, top um, Great, um, well Steve, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure, thank you for... It's been um, a joy for me, mate, thank you. And thank you so much for being on uh, Mentally Sound, um, obviously, because um, uh, obviously people don't, as I say, I'll provide the context in the uh, in the introduction, but mm, sure. in, um, it, it, not everyone who listens to Mentally Sound listens to Geek Apocalypse, I'm assuming, and vice versa. So just to let people know that you can listen to Steve's uh, most recent, more recent track on Mentally Sound. It was the, um, uh, I think it was like the the first show of December. I think it was. Um, I think I'm right in yeah, saying that. Yeah, sounds about uh, right. Yeah, because um, I, I I I checked our emails and um, I think it was like the. Yeah, the first week of December, I think you won. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that that's online now. So you can, if you type in "mentally sound" on iTunes and stuff, you can listen to that episode where Steve was on, and it's somewhere halfway through, I think. Um, and yeah, really, really, I uh, really enjoyed uh, meeting you then, and this has been a real pleasure talking to you for the last hour or so. We actually went a little bit longer than I thought, but it was fun. It's, um, it's gone in a twinkle as well. Got <laughs> yeah. a flash. Great. It's great. Um, so thanks for everything, um, and hopefully, um, you know, when you do um, figure out the album, come back on our shows, and we'll um, we'll, have a, we'll have a, we'll have another chat and whatnot. And um, brilliant, yeah, it was it was really fun. Cheers, uh, thank you so much, mate. Yeah, right. Well, so I'll wrap things up, and I'll talk to you uh, very in a second. So uh, thank you to Steve for being on the on this edition of Geek Apocalypse. It was a really enjoyable show. Um, as I mentioned, check out the Mentally Sound episode he was on. But to play us out, um, the album that he very graciously gave to me, Striking, Striking Matches in the Wind by Steve Pledger, and we're playing the title track from that album uh, to play us out on the podcast. But I'll end the podcast like I always end in the words of the great B-movie robot Josh, Crash and Burn, and we'll see you very soon for another edition of Geek Apocalypse. And this is Striking Matches in the Wind, or Matches in the Wind, I should say, by Steve Pledger. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take a stand, try to make your mark Try to generate some kind of a spark And then you find yourself all alone in the dark Striking matches in the wind Matches in the wind Cast your vote on election day Wait in line to have your say And then it Makes no difference anyway You're striking matches in the wind Matches in the wind
Fire will not die. We're striking matches in 